Welcome to Lime Loose Behind the Green podcast, where we get behind the buzz of sustainability and talk to the people building our greener tomorrow. I'm your host, Santali Manuel, and today I am joined by Lindsay McCoy, co-founder and CEO of Plain Products, which offers premium personal care products such as body and hair care in reusable aluminum bottles. Customers return those bottles, which are then cleaned and reused, eliminating single-use plastics in bathrooms across the country. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm a fan. Likewise. Um, so before we jump into plain products, I always like to learn more about what people were doing before they found their company. So what were you up to and what did you think your career path was going to be? Because I feel like it's never, ever really oh, entrepreneurial. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's funny, my dad actually was a small business entrepreneur growing up. And so of course, I was never going to do that. Uh, I went and got a, a public administration degree, a master's in public affairs, and thought that maybe I was going to go into government, uh, did an internship during it, realized that the red tape and bureaucracy was going to be too much for my impatient nature, and actually went into nonprofits. So I worked at a community foundation in Boulder, Colorado, um, and then ended up in the Bahamas, where my husband is from, and was running an environmental organization there. And really, at the time, my only environmental credentials was that I'd lived in Boulder, Colorado. So I knew what zero waste was and, and you know, had, had some knowledge. So I spent 10 years working in various aspects of environmental education and advocacy, and while I was there, I kept running into single-use plastic. And, you know, in the Bahamas, they don't have the same infrastructure we have here in the U.S. to just make our waste disappear. So you see, you know, the plastic hangs around in a whole different visual way. And um, I started trying to, you know, do, do the things a lot of us are doing, carry reusable bags, reusable water bottles. But one place I couldn't find a solution was all of those plastic bottles in the shower. And it really started to drive me crazy. So when we decided to move back to the U.S., I thought, you know, I, I think I'm ready to take a break from nonprofits for a little bit. I don't want to do any more fundraising. Maybe I'll come at this from a different way. Maybe I can help solve the problem. And so I called my sister and I said, you know, I have this idea to try and uh, get rid of plastic bottles in the shower. You want to help me? And she said yes. <laughs> and we had no idea what we were getting into. But I think that was probably a good thing at the time. And it took us about a year and a half from that conversation to actually launch a business. But we did in February of 2017. Amazing. And it's so, so many people reach out to me when they're starting a company. Like, How do I find a co-founder? And it's, it's beautiful when it, one literally lands in your lap in the form of your sister. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, you know, we are very different people, which has been a gift. Um, you know, we both brought strengths to the table. I don't honestly know how people do it by themselves. I mean, having somebody else who cares as much as you do and who will talk through the minutia with you is invaluable to me. I can't imagine going it alone. Likewise, I always say you want someone who has the same vision of where you're going, but almost the complete opposite way of how to get there. And so you constantly, Lassie and I, the same thing, constantly have these conversations back and forth about kind of what's the path. And we usually end to end end up somewhere in the middle, of course, which tends to be the, the best way forward. Yeah, my sister and I, uh, Adelaide, my sister always says, you know, we, we have the same end goal, but we do, we get there different ways. And then she also says, I'm the gas and she's the break. Because I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's just go. She's like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> so all, all of those, you know, polarities, I think are important. 
Exactly. I love it. Um, so yeah, as you talked about kind of this, the year and a half leading up to it, and I imagine that a part of that was the material side of things. So you ended up at aluminum. I'm imagining that's not the first thing that was thrown out there as an idea. So tell me about no, that. No, no. We, um, we started with stainless steel, actually, because we thought, oh, stainless steel, like what a great, durable container and we have these adorable mason jars actually I have a, an old prototype on my my desk here we have these super cute mason jars we're going to put a pump on but then um they started rusting mm. so it turns out that not all stainless steel is stainless and um we could not afford the truly stainless steel and you know and then sticking it in a shower it just was not going to work so that is how we kind of ended up at aluminum. We, we also looked at glass, but then we were worried about glass breaking in the shower and slippery yeah. bottles. So aluminum just ended up being the best option for us. And it's happily, it's worked out really well. And, you know, the beauty of aluminum, super easy to recycle it once it is at an end of life. So, um, you know, not only do we reuse the bottles, but we're super happy to know that that material is, is no quality loss when you recycle it. Perfect. Yeah. And I can attest to the, the glass part of it. I see recently bought a reusable um, mouthwash company where you put the tablet in and then you put some water, accidentally knocked it, fell in the sink and shattered into like five pieces. And so <laughs> I appreciate you landing at a more durable. A yeah, durable. I have a son who is has the ability to break anything. So just yeah. the thought of putting glass bottles in my clear, you know, was just terrifying. So not going to work. Exactly. Uh, so tell me about that process of the recollection. So I get my shampoo, I use it all the way down. What happens next? So yes, come to the website, order your products, they show up with a pump. Um, use it as before it gets all the way down. We actually ask that people come back to the site and order a refill or subscribe and we'll just send it automatically. And the goal there is no downtime. So when your bottle is empty, you just switch the pump over to the refill bottle and then that empty bottle can go right in the box um, that the refill came in. It comes with a return label. USPS will pick it up at your door. No need to drop it anywhere. And comes back to us. We cover that cost. And then we drain them, pre and post wash them, and then sterilize them, run them through a, dish, run through a dishwasher. I mean, the crazy thing, as opposed to your solution, the crazy thing of ours is that it's so low tech. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's the way people were doing things before plastic took over our lives. So it just takes a little bit more work, but it, you know, it's not not a super crazy solution. Exactly, and I love that because it eliminates any thoughts people might have. Actually, it's even easier, right, than what we're doing right now because I'm constantly running out of things and not having it on hand and having to run to the store. So you're even making a more convenient way of doing things than people are currently doing it. That was the goal. I mean, you know, you always got to solve your own problem first, right? So yes, I mean, for me, you know, having something on hand, not having to worry about it, not having to go anywhere, just knowing that it's there, switching it over, and then being able to know that the packaging is taken care of responsibly, that was the goal. Um, we have actually started working with refill shops, which are popping up around the country, which is where you can actually take your bottle into a shop and, and fill it up yourself, which is amazing. I mean, that is unfortunately would be a stretch for my organizational capacity to get a bottle out of the shower to the shop and back in the shower same day. But I applaud the people who do it. And I'm so excited to see them. I mean, South Dakota, I mean, all over mm -hmm. the place popping up around the country and we are thrilled about it and thrilled to be able to work with those those shops too. 
Yeah. And speaking of filling up with product, you know, one of the things that I love is your focus is not just on creating sustainable packaging, but the product inside of it is really thoughtful about how you go about doing that. I'm going to read off because you guys have picked, put some really great stakes in the ground around the products inside. So free of sulfates, parabens, phthalates, silicone, palm oil, blended with whole essential oils, vegan and non-GMO ingredients designed to be biodegradable, baby safe, hyperallergenic, cruelty-free, and free of single-use plastics. And, you know, I've, full disclosure, have used the shampoo and conditioner, and they're amazing. I've used them in Telluride winter, so dry, cold, harsh, <laughs> conditioned, and my hair felt great. And then just recently, two weeks ago, I was in Atlanta for work and forgot to pack lotion, and I can't go in a day in winter without lotion. So I went to this store nearby in Virginia Highlands, and they had the mini plain product oh, body... Yeah, it was so it was so amazing. And I loved it. I'm like, this is great. It smells amazing. It felt great on my skin. So but what happens sometimes I feel like with sustainable products is people feel like there's a compromise in, 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 in the effectiveness, right? So we've all used those deodorants that don't work when you sweat. We've all used the, the toothpaste that, you know, doesn't leave your mouth feeling clean, but it's all natural. But plain products went the other way with that. And I'd love to hear more about kind of the work that goes into the product inside of it and getting that quality as high as yours is. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it was true for a long time that you did have to compromise on quality when you were switching over to a natural product. And I think that that sort of stuck, unfortunately. So I think people just assume, but I will tell you that there was no way my sister was going to put out a product that was not high quality. I probably, so that year and a half, in addition to doing a ton of materials and research, we met with 10 different manufacturers, talked to countless people trying to find a product that we were happy with. And, you know, I considered myself a relatively educated consumer. I had no idea how many chemicals were in your average shampoo, conditioner, body lotion. It was shocking to me, actually, that, you know, we're, we're putting all of this stuff on our skin, which absorbs so many things. So that was a huge learning curve. And, and we were like, well, there's no point in creating this sustainable package and then just putting a bunch of chemicals. Yeah. It. it just didn't make sense. So when you start to eliminate chemicals, all of a sudden you get things like vegan and biodegradable. I mean, when you, when you go to natural ingredients, all of those other pieces just fall into place because you're using good stuff. So, you know, aloe is our main ingredient instead of water. So they're really dense. That, that's what makes them so... So good feeling, I think, on your yeah. skin, on your hair. And um, yeah, everything else is just natural. We, we found this amazing manufacturer who's willing to work with us. And it has been a gift to work with them. Um, and they were willing to let us <laughs> wash bottles and send them back into their factory, which took some convincing. It took a meeting. I mean, it took a, a meeting and some, some conversation with chemists. And, um, you know, because obviously there has to be trust on both sides for something like that to work. For sure. Yeah, it reminds us of the, the first order of lime loop packages that they sent out. They put uh, plastic poly mailers around each one. <laughs> so sometimes you got to literally just like, you're breaking the mold, right? Because they've been doing it the oh. same way, company after company after company. And it, and it takes the company to stand up and say like, no, we're not accepting this. This is what we said we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. No, I know. Our, our first bottles that we got were in plastic bags like every bottle had a plastic yeah. bottle. and I was like <laughs> you're not getting it guys you're not getting it um you know it's like when you bring your own bag to the grocery and they bag it and they like put it oh in yeah the bag. you're like 
That's yeah. not, no, you're missing the point. You're completely right. missing the point. It's not what I'm trying to do. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, continues to be a challenge and continues. It's, it's always fascinating to me when you say to somebody, well, why do you have to put a plastic bag on it? Why do you need to? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I, I guess, I guess we don't have to. Exactly. Oh, we just, we just do because plastic's so cheap and it's everywhere. We just stick it in plastic. I'm like, Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. has that sourcing become easier over time? Because one of the things that we've noticed is, you know, we've been using recycled uh, materials from the beginning. And when we first launched, it was so easy to go out and source. And now the kind of the conversations have changed and a lot of people want those same re- recycled materials. And so there's almost like a waiting list that starts to happen with uh, the supplies. Are you seeing the same thing on your side? I definitely think aluminum bottles have become much more popular since we started. Um, but luckily for us, we've been growing. So we have a little bit more buying power than we did when we were, you know, I mean, when we were calling around originally, they're like, great, where do you want the truckload set? And I was like, no, no, no truckloads. <laughs> just, just a few, what's the minimum we can buy? Like how few can it be? Um, so definitely it's helped that we've gotten a little bit bigger as we've gotten. So we've been able to do that. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's a blessing and a curse, right? I mean, it's, you love to see the competition, but it, it, exactly. it's hard when it challenges your supply chain and your ability to sort of keep up with demand. Exactly. Um, and on that note of kind of competition, but I like to think of it as collaboration also, because it's kind of folks in the space doing great things. Is there anyone that you're out there and you can use this as a seamless plug time that you would love to see a collaboration with Plain Products to help uh, push this goal forward? Oh my gosh, so many. Um, let's see, you know, we really, to your point of competition and collaboration, we really see everybody doing circular stuff as, as a collaborator. I mean, I feel like we're all trying to get everybody to move to this side of the street that we're on. So we Mm -hmm. only really feel competitive, you know, with people that are about single use and disposability of, you know, trying to bring people away from them. But then over here, I mean, there's a, Hello High Bar makes amazing shampoo bars and great. I mean, as you and I were kind of chatting about earlier, there's not going to be a solution, Mm -hmm. you know, eliminating waste to decreasing waste to getting plastic out of our lives. It's not going to be one thing. So I feel like the more options that we have that are sustainable, the better for all of us. And then we're also really trying to work with other brands to start using a more circular model. I mean, it is great to see people moving into plastic and glass, I mean, aluminum and glass, but then if they're not reusing them at all, it's kind of just like one step and I'm like, oh, you're almost there. Like it would just be so much better to just go that one further. So those are the conversations that we're having right now, because really for it to work, we sort of need a a national infrastructure of of bottle washers as crazy as that sounds you know we just need places all over the country and to be able to do that we need volume and we need more people doing it exactly um so you know that's i guess where i'm excited right now when talking about collaboration is getting more people into reusing containers and thinking about it that way of how many times can we use this before we recycle it and having us all work together to kind of create this network so that You know, if you use something in New York and somebody uses something in California, it can just get washed there locally. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to come to Ohio and be washed and then go back to wherever it needs to go. So that's, um, 
I, you know, again, not a super high tech, not, not crazy, just figuring out the details of, of how do we build this infrastructure across the country so that it's more accessible and easier to use for people. Yeah, I'm speaking into existence, elimination of garbage bins by the side of the road. And so we have our recycling, we have our compost, and then we have our reusable bins where all the plain product go in there and it gets picked up and washed and comes right back to you ready to go. Yes, we're, we're going to get there. That's, I mean, it's so interesting. You know, I, as I said, I lived in Boulder and in Boulder, they make you pay for trash, but you don't have to pay for your recycle. And so you see hmm. these huge recycling bins and these tiny little trash cans and then I moved to the South, um, living in North Carolina right now, and everybody's got these ginormous trash cans, and some people don't even have recycling, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I had the same experience. You're moving from California back to New York. I, we had to set up, I had to set up my garbage, and I'm like, well, I like to order a large compost, and they're like, we don't compost. I'm like, what, 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 what about the food scraps? What's everyone doing with their food scraps? <laughs> I know. I mean, it, it has been great to see some of the alternatives that are coming on the market, but all of these compostable plastics, I mean, they're only commercially compostable. Yep. So in the majority of the country, they're just going in the waste stream. And, you know, it's heartbreaking that people legitimately think they're trying to do something good for the planet and it's not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's something else that's, that's hard hard to see. And, and you f I feel bad sort of being critical of, you know, the efforts that people are making, you know, it's not self-serving. It's legitimately like, well, that's, that's just going to get thrown away. Exactly. Unless you have commercial composting pickup, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not getting composted. It's not magically getting composted. Yeah. I be definitely become that person in the family, just breaking, breaking the news to everyone about what's, what's, what they think they're doing. But, um, but actually ties in perfectly what's happening in terms of the behavior change that's necessary when, it, when you're having people do things in, in this new way. And um, I think you and I are very similar in that we're, we're kind of preaching to the choir that the change that we're trying to put forward with circularity is beneficial in both the experience, the customer and the effects that it has in the environment. But any change is going to be kind of faced with uh, reluctancy. And so how did you guys kind of prepare for that pre-launch and how have you kind of adapted to um, helping people come along on this journey towards the reuse side of things? You know, I think, I think two things. I mean, one, again, going back to that collaboration, we rely on other businesses like yours that are, that are helping tell that story. And I think once somebody experiences a circular process or reuse, they're like, oh, well, that, that worked pretty well. Oh, that, that makes sense. I'm not throwing away a ton of stuff. So the more that we can just make it part of people's lives, however, whatever that entry is, I think is, is key. I mean, there's some great stuff going on in, in New York, like Deliver Zero, you know, the reusable to-go containers. And, and I know there's some going in California, like, that's a great opportunity just for people to see it and experience it wherever they can. And then we try really hard to, to work on a progress, not perfection. So, okay. You know, today you threw away a bunch of stuff, but tomorrow, you know, do one thing, buy something in glass or metal instead of plastic, um, you know, carry the reusable water bottle, pick a shipping option that has a reusable packaging, you know, so we're really trying to just move people slowly and, you know, I, because we live in a system that promotes disposability and waste. 
So I don't think that it's fair to put individual guilt on people for trying to function in that system. I mean, a lot of people have spent a lot of money to get us where we are today. So just trying to get people to move slowly and, and make small steps towards progress, I think is, is, is a good thing and we should celebrate those small steps. That's so huge and so, so important to remember. I think we all want the perfection part of it too. And, and it's so hard when you mess up once or like, oh, I was going to be zero waste. It's like, no, don't be zero waste. But like, let's be less than you were yesterday and then less yeah, than next I think zero is intimidating, but I also think it gives people an excuse not to ever start. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, well, I'm never going to be zero waste. So I might as well just keep going where I am. And, and that's not helpful either. So yeah, I think you're, yeah, less, <laughs> less than the day before. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I mean, we really, though, have to look at these, what you're talking about, these systemic changes. I mean, but we need people supporting them as we move forward. So great. You buy something from a business that's circular. That's great. You help that business grow and then they can help keep pushing that, that change. Amazing. Um, so I get people reaching out pretty regularly on LinkedIn who are thinking about starting a sustainable business, which is also obviously very inspiring to know that, that a lot of people are jumping into the field. What's some advice that you either wish you had given yourself or you had received, or you would give to someone who, uh, who's about to make that leap? Um, I would definitely say, you know, stick with it. As, as I know you, you had a lot of people are going to tell you, oh, that's not going to work, or it's not going to make mm -hmm. sense, or nobody's ever done it that way before. Um, but there, we do need so many more sustainable businesses. I mean, just as we were talking about, it's not going to be a solution. So I'm always, yes, yes, start it. We need you. Come. And then there are going to be a lot of naysayers along the way. So I think it's important to start as low cost and as quickly as you can, and then learn. Mm -hmm. so be willing to change, be willing to evolve, listen to your customers and, you know, get started, but then be willing to keep adapting as you go. Because I think it's, um, you can learn so much from your, we learn so much from our customers yeah. about how to talk about things, what products they want, you know, what packaging makes sense, where the problems are. And, and we've, redone our website three or four times we've changed our packaging several times we've I mean we're just constantly trying to to respond and improve and it's hard to do that unless you're actually out there mm -hmm. selling something and doing something so you know I, I think that that is a huge step because you can wait till it's perfect I mean it needs to be good but you can wait till it's absolutely perfect and, and you know then then you never launch or you launch and, and you're so committed to what you're doing that you don't respond or change. Exactly. Yeah. The iterative approaches, especially as a developer background, it's kind of part of my DNA, but being on the driver's seat of the, as a founder, you know, you, you have to, like, you, you can't have anything until you have the response from people and the, and the feedback from people to make those improvements. Um, so we have some questions that we ask everybody. So the first one that I love to know is what's gotten you really excited recently? Oh, boy. Um, I think the success of businesses like yours and mine. I mean, I think that the people are, you know, the internet is a crowded place. So you have to really be looking for small companies. And people are taking the time to look for small companies that are doing interesting things. And that makes me feel better about the world, honestly. Yeah, that's the best feeling when they come to you. It's like, okay, not only do I know I'm on the right track, but it, it's successfully reaching the right people as well, which is so huge. And they're, 
And they're grateful. And that's, that's, I mean, I've been looking for you. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's amazing to me that people are consciously sitting down and saying, you know, how can I participate in this and spending the time instead of just buying what they always buy. Exactly. Okay. On the flip side of that, as a founder, I don't know what time yours is, mine is 2am, but like when that wake up calls in the comes in the middle of the night, what's the thing that's keeping, us, 3 <laughs> that's keeping you up at night? Um, you know, I think supply chain is always tricky, especially as a small business, you're always trying to, you know, at the mercy of other people who are at the mercy of other people. I, I hate to have so much out of my control. Um, so that's usually just, just things that I can't, I was like, I, can I go make it? Can I go make it? Like, can I go mix, mix up the product? Um, all of that is really hard. And then, you know, I think trying to just figure out where, how you do make sure people find you. Is, is hard to, um, it is crowded out there. There are a lot of people doing stuff and, you know, sustainable businesses are up against a lot of marketing and a lot of money that want you to throw things away so they can replace it with something else. So, you know, we're, we're up against a pretty, a pretty heavy marketing juggernaut of, of disposability and consumerism. So that's, that's tough too. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat with the supply chain. There was one point we had about five boxes sitting in a port and I was seriously contemplating hopping on a plane and, and somehow getting those five boxes. I'm just getting my boxes. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, we have, we've certainly talked about like renting trucks and going, they're like, well, we can't pick it up today. I'm like, if I, if I showed up with a U-Haul, what would happen? Like Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but kind of to, to wrap things up, I would love to know if we were imagining we're 10, de- 10 years down the line, you've hit all of the goals that you've set forth for plain products. What does, what does the company look like? What does the world look like if you're successful? Oh, if I'm successful, we're all reusing as much as we possibly can all the time. I mean, I think your vision of like recycling, composting, reuse is, is you know, what all the households are doing. We've got facilities you know, in every town that are just washing stuff and redistributing them. Um, And, you know, we're treating our resources as valuable things and not trash. So, you know, for all the things, I mean, all the resources, but in this case specifically, you know, it it would be great if if we as humans could um, take those resources, the planet's resources a little bit more seriously and take take a little bit better care of them. Of that, and I'm very much looking forward to that not so distant future. <laughs> uh, so, let it, so can you let everyone know how they can get their hands on plain products? Yes. So, um, as I mentioned, I started this with my sister. Our shared maiden name was Della Plain, which is actually how we ended up at Plain Products, also kind of a plain and simple solution, but it's plain with an E, P L A I N E products.com. And we're on all the social channels just at Plain Products. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lindsay. Thank you. This was a lot of fun.